Hey, everybody. Welcome in. Happy New Year. This is the My Fantasy Fix DFS Golf Fantastics podcast, Skeeter. There it is already. Insider golf. I don't know. I am, uh, as we, as you can see, we're turning the page to golf and uh, football still on the mindset as we do this on January 2nd. So happy new year to everybody. We appreciate you listening. And uh, certainly not quite done with football over there at Fantastics and Insider Football, but Skeeter and I getting ready to turn the page to golf as the Tournament of Champions starts this week, Skeeter. And one of our favorite tournaments, not necessarily from a competitive standpoint, because we've got a small field and we'll get into that, but just the beautiful scenery as we uh, we embark in January here in the Midwest and we have the beautiful views of Kapalua there in Hawaii. Skeeter, happy new year. How you doing? And uh, let's see if uh, let's see if we can find ourselves in our golf footing. Yeah, happy new year, James. Um, you know, I'm doing okay. Um, as, as I told you before we start recording, I'm a big Texans fan in week 18 because I'm hoping they can uh, – Beat the Colts and the Bears continue their losing ways so my Bears can get the number one pick because, you know, I'm not worried about postseason. You, on the other hand, are worried about postseason. You're, uh, we're recording this before the uh, big Bills-Bengals game and you're on your way there, so um, could be some fun for you tonight, uh, depending how that goes. But, no, uh, looking forward to the golf and usually we're doing this, it's, you know, 10 degrees or something <laughs> really cold, but you and I both have some mild weather now, but I don't think it'll stop us from viewing and enjoying the glorious views from Kapalua. Not at all, and uh, you're right, getting ready for Monday Night Football, Skeeter, is uh, certainly an exciting thing, but not only that, I know uh, we we talk a little golf betting as well as golf uh, DFS, and as of yesterday, New Year's Day, Ohio has legalized sports betting. So my drive to Indiana, now a little shorter. I might be making a drive to Ohio. I may even make some golf bets tonight while I pregame for the Bengals game, Skeeter. So I am extremely excited that you said, hey, let's do this today. And now I will uh, at least have an informed opinion to, you know, get some money in on those those free bets because, well, they're not really free, but, you know, you get those deposit bonuses. So I can't wait to go get all those, and we'll see how much I split between football and golf, but I am most assuredly ready to set some lineups, Skeeter. And uh, we get into the Tournament of Champions, so before we get into the field and everything that goes around the course as well, one thing to remind people, if you are kind of chomping at the bit, your fantasy football season just ended, this is a very small field. It's only the champions from last year, and quite frankly, not even all the champions because some of the guys from Live are not invited to this tournament. So this is the PSA for for this tournament where we tell you, look, there's going to be a lot of similar lineups. This isn't the week to blow your budget, even if you're chomping at the bit to get back to it, because quite frankly, this is just a bunch of unknown given the small field and the layoff these players have had. Right, various layoffs, some making their first appearance here, others have been here quite a bit in a while, you know, some golfers could just look at this as a, hey, this is a nice paid tune-up, uh, I don't know what last place pays for this tournament, I'm, I'm sure it does. I'm sure but it pays. I'm sure it pays, and there's FedEx Cup points, which, you know, come, come August will always be uh, important for all these golfers, especially, you know, probably for these guys not necessarily to get into the playoffs, but... Maybe to, as far as to advance or whatever. So certainly, around. Uh, yeah, certainly worth playing. But um, yeah, just kind of a fun tournament. Um, big major fairways, big major, you know, big greens. Kind of two things to kind of keep an eye on. So like driving accuracy, not real important here because the fairways are big, and I think even if you roll off the rough, isn't uh, real, real penal. The greens are have enough slope to them and are big enough that you do need to at least have some sort of approach and potentially even three putt avoidance just because it is very easy to three putt on these massive greens, especially if you miss it in the wrong area. But 
I wouldn't worry about scrambling. I'm going to look at driving distance here a little bit. I mean, I, I know a lot of these holes have the, um, like, the play down, like, they're elevated tees. Like, I you know, mm-hmm. like, 18, I think, is that. So, you know, yeah, absolutely it is, yeah. There's that one par four that Justin Johnson nearly hold, nearly aced from, like, 430 yards a few years ago. It's the one of the greatest golf shots I've ever seen. Like, I don't know how that ball didn't go in. Like, it was it was, it was dead on track and all of a sudden slows up on an uphill slope. But, um. Those are a couple of things I'm looking at from a stat perspective, um, but mainly it's it's the scoring stats. Like I think we saw 34 under win here a year ago, something in the low to mid 30s, just ridiculous scoring, and there's no reason to think that it won't happen again. Something similar. So all the scoring stats basically approach, and you know I'm even looking at you know something like Eagles. Like when we get to DraftKings scoring, Eagles play a big role, and there is a there are a few holes here that you can make eagle on. So that is. I think something at least worth considering this week. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, certainly looking forward to it. So, Skeeter, we look at the course, uh, as you mentioned, some of those changing in elevations because of the – basically it's, it sits on top of a volcano, a mountain reaching up out of the uh, ocean. So you're going to have a lot of change of elevation. We talk about comp courses. Uh, uh, Riviera and Augusta maybe are two that you look at. Is that something you're looking at given this field? I mean, there are certainly players that will play in those tournaments and have in the past. Yeah, Riviera. I'm trying to think why Riviera is one. I, I thought it was just the change of elevation that we get uh, similar to what we get in Augusta. Okay, yeah. Uneven lies. I mean, this is where I even bring back the John Deere Classic. Uh, you know, mine year one, which, you know, didn't take me long in the beginning of the year to get that one in there. But, um, <laughs> but no, you know, TBC Deer Run has a lot of elevation changes, and we have seen, like, Zach Johnson, Steve Stricker, who have won there, and even Spieth. Spieth, yeah. Play well here. Brian Harmon has won, and I think he's in decent shape. So I think that's worth, you know, if you look at concourses, something like that, Obviously, Augusta is going to have, you know, if you play well at Augusta, you're probably once at some point, so that's why you're here as well. Um, so that plays a role. Also, I think this is the third year now. I believe that it's not just if you want. I believe it's anybody who made the Tour Championship is also in in this field. I'm to be not- honest with you, I did not know that. I, th- I know the year after COVID, we had the – top what was it if you didn't already qualify if you were top 20 or 30 in the world you got in because that was the year harris english won when he wasn't a champion the year before and i still protest that finish and i was i'll be honest with you i was curious how they were going to handle this because obviously uh, last year's champion cameron smith not here um who also won the players and also won the uh the open championship so you know you've got winners like that who were simply uninvited at this point right and the and the the only reason i think that must be true is like when i see like the galas in the field like i don't remember him winning an actual tour event i think he won one didn't he win like the qbe shootout or one of those exhibitions and team events but i don't think he won an individual event but he made the tour championship he definitely did not win an event in our league, Skeeter, which uh, which I had him on our team, on uh, my team. Yeah, okay. I'm ready for that, too, by the way. And speaking of other outside contests, um, one and done starts next week. It's the one that we do with the Mayo Cup on on um, Fantasy World Golf Championships on Fanball or whatever that network is. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I need to get, go get my entry in that one here soon, but uh, that's I keep well. I keep going back to that site to check my best balls that um, I'm afraid I, I need a miracle tonight to get one to win. But I, I've been on the site regularly, so not that I've uh, set my lineup or looked for, for my uh, pick yet for next week, but I'm, I am ready for that, I assure you. 
Yeah, I need to go sign up because it's it's gonna fill up. I think this week, especially with golf starting back up. So yes. So that's enough about that. Um, as you said, limited field. Yeah, this is not a tournament to go blow a blow your entire bankroll on. Um, I think it's a good week to even consider living. I mean, living salary on the table is always a viable DFS strategy, but in such a limited field, like. This is almost one of the ones where if I'm not max entering, I'm not going to be, be playing, you know, playing it. Like maybe I throw something in the three dollar twenty max, but I'm not looking to play any one fifty max or anything like that. Just because there's only a limited combination of lineups that are being built and to go from there. Um, yeah, so I, I'm with you there because I'm I'm thinking I'm attacking single entry. If I decide I want to make multiple entries, like twenty max is the most because of exactly what you said. Eventually, you're just going to have multiple duplicate lineups when you get into these larger contests. Yeah, and then as I've kind of built my lineup, I at least started to. I since this is a no cut events, this is a, I think a perfect time to kind of get aggressive. And for me, this is almost kind of like a stars and scrubs lineup, especially when. The highest priced golfer is ten three with Rory out at ten yep. five. Like we don't have that typical eleven thousand dollar golfer and you know a few others. Like this is a pr- you know pricing feels pretty soft here. So I think this is kind of time to take a uh, time to take advantage of it and try just to load up. And I'm sure it's done on purpose with everybody trying you know starting over from NFL, maybe get, get some new golfers. So I think that'll lead, lead to some interesting lineup approaches as well. Yeah, and I would just add one thing to uh, what you've said there, not only about the uh, you know, the no-cut event, but the f- simple fact that finishing position isn't going to factor as big in the point total because you're going to have so many birdies, they're going to be overwhelming over that 20-point first-place finish, and a reasonable finish is going to get you inside the top 20. I mean, it, um, actually, maybe a poor performance will get you inside the top 20 given the small field, so... Um, finishing position, just not as big of a deal. It's all about those birdies, even if you've got guys that can make bogeys too, I think. Right. Like somebody finishing 17th might outscore, might might have more DraftKings points than somebody finishing 11th. Just Absolutely. Based on, based on birdies and bogeys. Like couple eagles. couple eagles and a couple bogeys, and there you go. Get a bogey free, get those streaks involved. Well, Skeeter, is there anything else we want to talk about the tournament itself, the field, or I'm sorry, the uh, the course there at Kapalua? Are we ready to get into this field? I think we're ready to get into the field. And I don't know about you, but now that there's only two uh, players over 10K, do we just want to combine the 9 and 10K tiers? I'm with you right there because, as Skeeter pointed out, the most high, highly priced golfer in this contest, Rory McIlroy, has decided not to play uh, this season again. So our 9K plus, as we will call it this week, is uh, starting at Scotty Scheffler, 10-3, John Roms, 10 even, Justin Thomas, 9-9, Patrick Cantley, 9,700, Xander Shoffley, 9,500, 9,400 is Colin Morikawa, Tony Finau, 9,300, Matthew Fitzpatrick, 9,100, all right, Skeeter, where are we going here? Who is your favorite play in 9K plus? I never would really I thought that, you know, you could say somebody at 10K is underpriced, but it's John Rom. I mean underpriced for sure. I mean, good grief. He has six top tens since okay, five top tens since we you know, in the since the uh, end of the regular season. Well, I'm not counting the hero. Yes, he was there, but there's twenty players there, but he won twice. He won the he won the DP World Tour Championship. He won the Spanish Open, second the BMW PGA, which is a quality, uh, which is a, one of the bigger events over in, on the uh, DP World Tour. Uh, fourth at the CJ Cup. I and mean, you look at his tournament history. 
he has nothing but top tens, which I know in this field is, you know, it's still something, including a, including a second last year at Cam Smith, where I think they were just in a shootout the entire weekend and, and then fell. But it feels like it's time for Rom to win this. I believe he is the betting favorite at 6-1. to one. So 10K he just feels a little bit underpriced to me, so give me Rom. I can't disagree with that, and you're unbelievably correct when it comes to the the, the history here. I got to go with Tony Finau because of the price. 9300 We saw him crack through and get those wins. Um, we know that he's got the distance to make Eagles. I mean, I remember going back to the President's Cup and Max Homa just like, you know, sparkly-eyed talking about how nice it was to hit balls where Tony Finau drove him to. His distance will play on this long course with those, you know, reachable par – well, the, not necessarily reachable par fours, but the par fives uh, that he can eagle. So, for me, I love Tony Finau at 9,300. He's had great success at Riviera. He's had great success at Augusta as well. Yeah, he's one I'm considering. He ranks up really well in the models. Like, number one. Here, here's one I never thought. Past 24 hours. Number one, putting. <laughs> number one, par four strokes gain. Second, birdies are better. Fifth in approach. Um, not great eagles, but again, you know, I'll consider that a little bit. Um, Did win at Houston. So, he's been, I mean, he has been, he's been playing really well. I just don't think he has the... He's in consideration for me. There's a couple other guys I like right around him, and I got. I'm gonna have to make a decision, and I might let ownership eventually make a decision for me on that. But Fino only has one top ten here in three appearances, so I guess that's my only mm -hmm. slight knock against him. I definitely uh, am weary of that, and to be honest with you, I'm almost trying to use that as leverage, hoping that the players playing in this contest are looking at that and fading him. So I'm hoping that that's kind of an ownership edge. We'll see if that plays out. Um, Skeeter, if you don't go Rom, which I have a feeling you will and go elsewhere based on the stars and scrub conversation, who else you like up here? I mean, an another player who, again, has played Augusta well. Um, I, don't know if he's, I don't think he's won at Riviera, but has played this tournament very well is Xander Shoffley. Mm -hmm. and, that's, and that's potentially one of the reasons I'm not on Finau necessarily because he's 200 higher, 9,500. I, I still have to make a decision how I want to play this range, but yeah. Uh, Xander's one year before has a second and a fifth, twelfth last year, but he's played really well here. He anytime we get no cut events, Xander mm -hmm. is always somebody you want. G great scoring when it comes to the birdies and things like that. Um, third and three putter points, second in Eagles, fourth in par five strokes gain, seventh in approach. He hits he hits all those kind of scoring factors you want. Ninety five hundred feels like a decent price on him. I'm not going to argue Xander. You know I love Xander. I mean, we can take it back to the Olympic champion. I've been a Xander guy for a while. Hell, I even think I told you I cut X patterns of people's yards last year during major season just trying to – well, it didn't come to fruition. I bet you my silly uh, silly brain will do it again this year. So I'll play some Xander. I think I'm going with Colin Morikawa, though. Yeah. His course history here is exceptional. I mean, I get it. It's, again, small field, but 7th, 7th, and 5th the last three years here. And the price just above Finau at 9400 I mean, look, if we want to go stars and scrubs, I could start with Xander, Colin, and Finau and then reach down at the bottom and feel pretty good about one of those top three being in contention come Sunday. So I'm going to go with Colin Morikawa, a player I'm not, I'm normally not that on, but dude, at the book I go to, and now that may be a changing thing. That's a fluid situation since that book's in Indiana. We'll see about tonight when I get to Ohio, but at the Indiana sports book I frequently use, Colin Morikawa's 20 to 1 in this field. Like, he's got win potential at all times. Yeah, no, he's certainly on my list, too. And he's another one who has a decent history. 
at the event and, you know, kind of hit a little bit of a lull throughout the season, but it's starting to come on. A fifth and two seventh place finishes in his three times here. We're talking about irons. It's really hard to think of somebody who could, somebody, you know, who's any better than Morikawa when it comes to irons. So, no, he, he's right there for me as well. Um, one other guy who has won here before, and I think, again, could be a little bit underpriced, is Justin Thomas at 9900 mm-hmm. Um, You know, hasn't done a ton. Haven't, we haven't seen him much, you know, in competitive golf since, you know, since the end of the season. He was fifth of the hero, but again, whatever that means. Agreed with that. I'm, I'm wiping that out, personally. Yeah, I mean, maybe there's something there, a deep tiebreaker. But he's won here twice, and in fact, four top four consecutive top fives here you know it's you know that that's one guy i'm looking at um canley's got a decent history here too a couple fourths like this whole range i mean obviously these are the best players i think you have to make a decision on them but i really am going to try and i think i could pull this off i think playing three of these guys in this range gives you the upside that you're going to need because that mid that next tier down they're good, but I'm not sure I really think that's the the proper strategy this week. And I think I may try to hone in on some of the lower price guys that I like and then sprinkle in a different combo of these guys up top because there really are about five guys up here that it's hard to say they're all underpriced when they're priced next to each other, but they all seem like juicy prices that I'd like to get involved in. So we'll see how that plays out. But uh, Skeeter, I almost went to the next tier. I think we need a fade. Do you have a fade for me here? I'm going to do Scheffler. Um, I just think Rom's the better player, and Rom is 300 cheaper than Scheffler. Like, I know Scotty was, you know, again, had a great season last year. Even played well in the in the fall swing, third at Mayakoba, ninth at Houston. He was second in the Hero World Challenge, whatever. But I just, this is just more of a, I can't play everybody, and I prefer Rom to Scheffler. And I'm getting a discount. Don't disagree with that philosophy at all. I'm basically going to the bottom of the tier. I'll fade Matthew Fitzpatrick. The price is better than anyone else, but I just simply rather have Finau, Morikawa, Xander, Cantley again. Now I'm starting to get a little bit above that price at 9100, but the four names ab- above him are all more intriguing to me. To my knowledge, Fitzpatrick, I don't see him having played in this tournament before, right? Wasn't the U.S. Open his first uh, win on U.S. soil? Yes. So this would be his, his maiden voyage to this tournament as well. Is, I mean, is he somebody who, I mean, he'll, he'll like birdies, but he doesn't strike me as somebody I wanted a birdie fest. And the U.S. Open most assuredly was not that type of uh, contest. No, I mean, I'm looking, you know, he was second in the Italian Open. That, he, that was minus 14. Fifth of the DP World Tour Championship, minus 13. He didn't play that well at Hero, but again, who cares about that one? Um... Yeah, just not not somebody I really I don't. He doesn't. When it's going to take thirty under, he doesn't strike me as somebody I want in that regard. I am completely with you there. Now we will take it to the eight Ks and a decent grouping of players and a, a lot of names to cheer choose from. Excuse me. We'll start with Will Zalatoris at eighty nine, Cameron Young's eighty eight, Tom Kim eighty seven, Max Home eighty six, Victor Hovland eighty five. Sam Burns, 84, Sung J.M., 83, Jordan Spieth, 82, Hideki Matsuyama, 81, Brian Harmon, 8K even. Skeeter, where are you going in this tier? I'm going to go at 8,300, Sung J.M., another guy who has a nice history here for only playing twice, eighth and a fifth. So that, you know, he's not a priority for me in my lines, but if I can get to him as as my fourth golfer and my, what I'm, 
attempting a stars and scrubs approach, I certainly will go there. Uh, Sungjae just kind of he seems like he's one who can play any type of course. You want a birdie fest, he can play there. I think he's a, probably a little, you know, maybe a little like Fitzpatrick, where I'm not sure I want him at a true birdie fest, but he I th- would have more confidence winning one of those than somebody like Fitzpatrick would. Uh, fifth in putting, seventh and three putting points, second par five strokes gained, third in eagles. Those are the numbers I want to see. E three hundred. I think this is a fair. This is a fair number on Sungjae. Don't disagree at all. I'm going to go with Countryman Tom Kim, uh, eighty seven hundred. If he becomes incredibly popular, as we know, he was really a popular player at the end of the season. I may find myself getting away from him, and I'm not so sure how big I get into this tier anyway. But for me, Tom Kim, I mean, he won the Shriners, which was a pseudo birdie fest at 24 under. Uh, Had carried that momentum through the President's Cup, where he was pretty good, and even through the fall swing. So for me, I'll go Tom Kim in a a tier that I'm not particularly uh, um, over the top trying to attack. No, I'm. I agree. It's. It was not my. As I was going through, it's not my favorite tier to really play. Tom Kim, I have no issue with. Um, the wild card here, because I think if we knew he, if we'd seen him since his injury, I think he'd be tremendous value, and and that would be Zalatoris at eighty nine hundred, because he rates out extremely well for all the stat categories. We just haven't seen him for a few months as he's trying to come back from injury. Like, you want to talk about somebody who might, you know, not saying that he's not trying to win, he of course is, but who might be looking to say, hey, you know what, let's get some competitive rounds in and just, see, you know, try to ease back into things as a, you know, this is a perfect first event for that one. I could, I could see Zalatoris having some rust and with some of the other guys that we like above him a little bit would probably not be somebody worth really uh, paying up for, in my opinion. I'm interested in him. I mean, when you talked about the iron play of Morikawa, I thought, well, Zalatoris surely fits that bill, too. Um, but, again, like you said, just coming back from injury, he was forced to withdraw at the end of last year, which was which was a bummer. But, Skeeter, who are you going with if you don't go with Sungjae, or is there is there really not another player? There really isn't anybody else. Like, maybe Brian Harmon, just because he's at the lower end, and that's kind of where, as I'm starting to build, it's kind of where I have some salary is. His, his approach numbers are good. His par fives are okay. He can get hot with a putter, which I think could help in an event like this. But not again. Not not somebody I'm prioritizing. Not somebody I'm really wanting to get to. But if he ends up here, he does have a third here in the past. John Deere winner does play well at Augusta. So those would be a couple narratives, but not somebody I'm overly interested in quite yet. Unless I have salary and he ends up being my Last guy in. I can't believe you're not giving me Victor Hovland as your answer at 8,500. <sighs> I just can't believe it. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm slightly interested in him. Here's my issue with Ho- with Hovland, 30th and 31st here. Like that's a concern for for a guy of his yeah. talent level. Like, is this maybe the course doesn't suit his eye? Maybe he uses this as a warm-up event because, yeah, you would think at that price he would be, a, you know, he would be very popular, somebody I would like, but when I see that 30th and 31st, that's just cause for concern for me, so I don't know what it is. I'm, you know, he's not, again, he just doesn't fit the structure I'm building for this week. I think I'm interested in Cam Young if I were to pick another player. Um, he moved the ball down, uh, down the fairway, so, I mean, I have, I know that, He's going to get a chance to look at some of these eagles, if not, you know, easy birdies. 
And I just wonder with Tom Kim, Will Zalatoris, the names around him, Kim Young. I mean, I don't know how and how how hardcore the golf fan field will be in this tournament. If it's hardcore, maybe they get into him because he had a great year last year. But he doesn't carry the name recognition that even Max Homer, or Zalatoris, or or really any of these names around him do, in my opinion. Outside of Sungjae, nobody in this tier is going to, at least as a Monday afternoon, is going to be extremely popular. Like, they're all kind of in that medium range, but the Stars of Scrubs approach certainly does look like it's the approach a lot of people are taking. So, I think if you play anybody in 8Ks outside of Sungjae, that will give you the unique, that should give make you unique enough. Do you have a fade? I mean, it's probably Torch just simply because I don't know where he's at. I don't have a strong fade. Um, I mean, I look at Homa, he won Riviera, so maybe there's course comp there. Like, I'm trying to find a guy that I would truthfully fade. I honestly don't have one. It might well be Hideki, who uh, recently hasn't played well here, has just not felt like Hideki a lot, quite frankly. Um, you know, he's popped recently, but I feel like Hideki's been more bad than good in recent times. He just has a couple of really great finishes that kind of buffer around that lackluster performance. And I could see Hideki leaving you wanting, certainly a guy who can go ice cold with that putter too. Yeah, I, th- I think that is a, a fair point. Let's take it to the seven K's then Skeeter and, uh, not a huge range. So we'll give them all to you. It's Billy Horschel at 79. Uh, Corey Connors at 78, Russ Henley, 77, Adam Scott, 76, Keegan Bradley, 75, Aaron Wise, 74, Sahith Tagala, 73, Seamus Power, 72, Seb Straka, 71, and KH Lee at 7K even. Skeeter, are we getting into the 7Ks given the uh, approach we're talking about taking? If we are, who are you after? I think you got to take at least one player here, maybe two in a 7K range just to round up the lineup. Again, all based on how you – I mean, if you're playing a bunch of the – Low, if, if you're starting your lineup at Xander, then maybe not. But no, I th- my my favorite 7K guy, and I'm gonna I'm gonna apologize in advance if I'm stealing him from you. It's Keegan Bradley. Just considering him. <laughs> Believe it or not, number one in three putt avoidance. So he's not a good putter, but he's apparently pretty good at avoiding three putts. Eleventh in Eagles, seventh in opportunities gained. Um. I think I think he ended the season playing decently well. He did. He had a wonderful season all together last year. He was on our on my fantasy roster for our team, uh, you know, our draft team. He had a wonderful year last year. Yeah, fifth at Sanderson. He won the Zozo, twenty first at CJ Cup. Again, he'd be one we're concerned I haven't seen in a couple of months. But I think he's also played okay here in the past. As I try and pull up. Uh, it he's, been, he's only play, yeah. He hasn't had a lot of opportunities lately because he had such a lull in his career. Right, yeah, fourth in 2013, then 27th or in 2019. So haven't seen him much, but I like the form that we saw in the fall. He is, you know, the, the three point of wins. I think is a stat I like. He can certainly make an eagle, which is whether or not he can make enough putts or not. But we know the approach will be there. Um, I like his. I, I don't mind him at 7,500. I think that's a. I think that's a nice number on him. Aussies play pretty good here, don't they? Um, Matt Jones was. 30 year ago. Cam Smith won it. Leishman's played pretty good here. I know those last two can't. Scott, has he won it? Maybe in the past. He has not. However, he has won Riviera. He has won Augusta. Uh, 
Adam Scott's going to be my play here. I mean, that sweet swing can just get going at any time. So at the startup of a year, I feel like we even saw it really in the last couple of years where he cannot play for a while, show up, and some days he's some weeks he's horrible. Heck, some days he's horrible. The next day he's great. Uh, at seventy six hundred, I will take Adam Scott in this field for one thing. I surely know that he will. Uh, he'll be even keel. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is probably his type of event. Laid back. Um, the problem with golf. Adam Scott might be is he's more worried about trying to go surfing than he is playing golf. Something he picked up a couple of years ago. Well, maybe, but uh, I, I believe Adam Scott likes himself some money as well. So you know, that's, I think that's always a. Don't we all? Seems like he has. Well, yes, but he seems to have some <laughs> uh, higher tastes in life. It feels like so. And he's actually now motivated. He's actually a little more motivated the past couple of years to play these non-major events. Like sometimes he would just show up just to play and whatever. But he seems a little more motivated to try to try to do better. So I don't have a problem with it. And maybe he wants to. repair the good name of the Australians here on the PGA Tour. Probably not. That's probably way too uh, deep digging for for a reason to play a player. So at any rate, Skeeter, who else are you going with if you don't go with Keegan? Oh, the other one that kind of popped up to me a little bit is Corey Connors at 7,800. Not the longest hitter, but he'll be solid on approach. Um, Gives himself plenty of opportunities. Of course, it's the putter that can always let him down. But I'll say that um, I don't think he'll be real popular, and at some point I do have to find somewhere to differentiate a little bit. So he was one that just kind of popped into my mind. Um, I have to do a little more research. Uh, had, had, it was okay in, the, okay in the fall swing, nothing great. So I don't know if I end up on him, but he was one maybe as a differentiation play that I'm looking at. So I am certainly interested in Keegan Bradley. Um, and he may well be my number two, but Aaron wise might be my number two as well. I'm interested in Aaron wise. Uh, I'm just, I'm just looking at a player who I'm, I guess I'm thinking he might fall into the differentiation portion of the, of the lineup setting because right. He's not as known as Keegan Bradley or Adam Scott. Uh, so I'm hoping that the, the lesser known name value of Adam or Aaron wise, excuse me, might get me somewhere. And he played decent recently. I mean, he was six at CJ cup in October. He had 15th at Mayakoba in November and he played uh, as 22nd in November at Houston. So he, he's only, he's had a lesser layoff than some of these other players. Second in putting second, three part avoiding seventh in Eagles, ninth part of five strokes game. And I believe he does have a little bit of a reputation of playing well on the on coastal courses, and this is right up against the ocean. So I mean, he's from or he went to Oregon for college, so I don't know how much that helps in the coastal area, but it is a coastal state. That's okay. I, I yeah, I had not thought about him. I okay, I'm, I'm marking him down. That's one to keep an eye on for me. Well, now, now as I consume beverages pre-gaming for Monday Night Football, where I can finally legally bet in Ohio, I feel Adam Scott and Aaron Wise bets coming. Maybe even Keegan Bradley. That's exactly my style. So, I mean, um, wasted money incoming. You don't need a reason to bet Keegan. You're right. I don't. I love Keegan. Uh, I've loved him ever since that. I don't know. 2012 uh, Ryder Cup. I think it might have been. Um, at any rate, I digress, Skeeter. We uh, we get our best plays. Is there a player you're fading in this group? Um, well, I'm sure I can find somebody here. I hadn't really thought about that one too much. Uh, Seb Straka. Mm. Like, I don't think he's been doing it much. Does not rate out very well for shorter long-term models. So, just not somebody I'm, yeah, not somebody I'm terribly interested in. Not scoring a ton. Been putter-reliant. So, 
not one I really want to uh, go to. I'm fading Billy Horschel. Um, his last three times here, it was 23rd, 24th, and 25th. He's only once that I see been inside the top 10, only twice been inside the top 20 over the last decade. Uh, doesn't strike me as a Billy Horschel course, and I'm not really a Billy Horschel guy for the most part. And at 7,900, I mean, I'd rather play Adam Scott at 7,600 and save the money. I'd play Adam Scott at the same price. I'd rather go up a few bucks and pay Jordan Spieth, somebody who plays well here. Uh, so Billy Horschel, my fade. Okay. No, I don't have any issues with that. I mean, I rarely get Billy Horschel, right, which is nice that I had him in the season-long draft last year because that kind of got, you know, I didn't have to worry about, you know, hey, when he played well, I, I benefited than that. So. And I'm salty because I didn't want him to win Memorial, and he didn't even make the uh, final couple holes that exciting for the one tournament I went to last year. Uh, everybody just it was a, it was a victory lap come the last final holes. So I'm bitter about that for my own reasons, which makes no sense to include into this. But Skeeter, <laughs> that leaves us with the six K group. Mm-hmm. We don't always go through them, but what the heck? Today we do. It's Mackenzie Hughes at 6,900, JT Poston 68, Scott Stalling 66, Tom Hoagie 65, Svensson 64, Ches Reeve 63, JJ Spahn 63, Trey Mullinax is 62, Luke List 62, Ryan Brem 61. The bottom is Chad Ramey at 600. Skeeter, are we getting into the 6Ks? I think so, yeah. I think if you're pl- if you're going to go aggressive up top and try to fit in – three of those guys, 9K plus, you're going to have to play a couple of these guys down here in the sixes. And there's already one guy who's attracting a lot of attention. And I'll mention him here in a minute. But my guy here is going to be Trey Mullinax. Like, he won he won Barbasol, if I remember, correct? Uh, You know what? I do not know that, and I should, because that one takes place an hour south of me in Kentucky but is often a secondary event that I'm not paying attention to unless Jim Herman's in the uh, lead. I can't tell you who won yes, Barbasol this he year. He did win Barbasol because that's okay. what, because then he went to the Open, finished 21st. That's right. That was a big deal. That's right. I mean, of course it's a big deal, but he won his way in. That's right. Fifth of St. Jude, 12th at BMW. Like, I think he nearly made the Tour Championship. I think he just missed. And then, and then you know, once we get to the fall, he did have some struggles, two missed cuts, and Semi for the CJ Cup, but the last time we saw him, he was fourth at Houston. And a guy who can score is Trey Mullinax. Again, you gotta score to win Barbasol. So he's one that I think has enough birdie potential, enough scoring potential. Yes, past 24 rounds. Ninth in approach, sixth in opportunities gained, uh, twelfth and three part avoidance, fourteenth birdies are better. Like for, for a guy who's at the bottom of the field, he does not rank in the bottom ten of any of the categories I'm looking at. At sixty two hundred. If, if I can get 20th out of him and maybe potential scoring where he's a top 15 guy, I'm all for it. Is Tom Hoagie the uh, popular play at 6,500? He is because, again, if we're talking about birdies and opportunities, that's a Tom Hoagie special. I figured Tom Hoagie would be my favorite play, and maybe that will move me off of him um, because he was also on the winning team at the uh, QBE when Charlie Hoffman couldn't convert that birdie on uh, 18 uh, with Ryan Palmer as his partner to to win that, right? Okay. So Hoagie and Thagala won that uh, yes. tournament, which just seems like an odd pairing too. But but they actually which, have, I guess they have some which one? Ryan Palmer usually tries to pair with world number one, so that was an odd <laughs> pairing uh, along with Hoagie and Thigala. But there, yeah. But uh, at any rate, hey, by by the way, I need Thigala to. I could use a good year out of him. I've been buying a lot of his rookie cards. Um his rookie autograph. So I'm, I'm okay if the Gala wants to become uh, 
a star. Well, this will be his first opportunity. And certainly he did with Tom Hoagie, right? Got the win. Um, I think Hoagie's my favorite here. There's another player I'm interested in as well. I am going to give you one more chance to say his name before I do. Oh, I'm going to go with the most recent winner on the PGA Tour, Adam Svensson. Okay. This one feels like this one. This one might be a bit of a reach because he does not rate out particularly well, except in Eagles and par five strokes gain, which at this price point is probably enough for me to at least consider. But he he won RSM. He was pretty good there. A couple Eagles over 20 birdies. Like, I don't know if you can carry a form over but from six to eight weeks, but if you can, maybe that's worth a look at 6,400. If it's a comp course, Skeeter, who's the reigning John Deere champion? It's JT Poston at 6,800. I guess I'm interested in him in this field at that price. Uh, I think he's my number two. And, and it's solely because of that course comp thing. We'll see where we get to. I'm always a sucker for Mackenzie Hughes, who's right above him, and I will probably use him. But I guess I'm going to go with JT Poston. We'll see how dangerous that is. The problem is he just doesn't. He's more of a short hitter, like, and I realize in this course that, you know, distance will help a little bit, but he's one that I probably like more at, like, your traditional uh, heritage, colonial, like, I don't know, Kapalua. I, I think I'd like him more next week at Sony than I would here. That's fair with me. Uh, an 11th place finish a couple years ago for Poston, so, um, frankly, I'm, I was surprised he had a course history here. Um, but we see that he does. So, all right, Skeeter, those are the top plays. Who are we fading? Is there a real true fade when we get to the six K's? Um, I mean, I guess Ryan Brem, like, what did he even win? Oh, he won Puerto Rico. He has since then made oh four cuts. Um, he has certainly not been good. The, uh, missed cuts are significant and they're not even close to the number. So, uh, I was going to say, I'll just fade the cheapest guy, Chad Ramey, but you're right. Ryan Brem probably is the real true fade. Um, not that I would pl play either one, but, uh, I would, I'll, I'll just, I'll piggyback you with that one as I think, um, it'll get interesting the way we pick, uh, these last kind of guys. Cause I say, I'm going to fade a guy and then maybe by Wednesday night or even Thursday morning, given the start time over in Hawaii, I might go, you know what? I need to line up with this person in it because if they do good, the low ownership might be the answer. So I'm going to tell you I'm fading down there at the bottom. I could get stupid enough to play one of those guys well, come uh, Wednesday. The other reason to potentially – like Brevin Ramey could get some additional um, popularity just because they're so cheap. They fit. That when people are like, oh my, I like I like these five golfers I have. I need somebody at 6K or 6,100 exactly, and I'm not getting off it. Like, oh, it's a no-cut event, so I'll, I'll play mm -hmm. them. So, you know what? Even, even getting the $6,200 tier, like, I think that could be enough of a differentiation. I mean, Luke List has not been good, but we at least know that he has birdie and eagle upside. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he could certainly pop at any moment. Like, whereas, you know, Ches Reeby, this does not seem like a Ches Reeby course. What did he win to get here? Bermuda? I don't know. I'm just guessing uh, off events. Shows you, shows you that, by the way, you know, we, we've taken a few months off because of football. That, you know, it's funny how we forget about, you know, what happened a year ago. Oh, yeah. 
Oh yeah, it is very easy to forget about. Uh, and then and then we'll be watching and we'll go. Oh yeah, I remember that. I remember that. I remember Cam Smith won this tournament because I swear that might have been the last bet I hit in golf. At oh. least a winner, an outright winner, not a top six, but the last winner. I have no idea why Reeves here. Well, maybe that makes him a good play then. <laughs> no one else does either. Like I'm trying to figure out how he qualifies. I don't think. He... So I'm looking. I mean, he's tenth at Genesis, eighth at Travelers. He made the BMW in St. Jude, but I don't see where he won. I don't think he made the Tour Champion. I don't know why he's here. Well, we will. Uh, I'll have to effort that one. We we will we will dig into that one. So Skeeter, this is the point where we normally go to one and done. Um, for anybody who has to make a selection this week, what's a thought process given the fact that? Um, it is a no cut event. You want to maybe think about, obviously you'd love to hit a winner in week one. If you're using this event, I have seen some contests that are using this event. Um, but do you want to save the big names for bigger fields where this has a guaranteed payout? The last place it still has money on the line. Do you go all the way to the bottom, to a hoagie, to a Poston, to a Hughes or even lower, or how do you approach this? Given the fact that you're, playing game theory for the availability of the golfers you want to have later in the season. Yeah, I think I'm probably choosing somebody in that middle tier. Like, Keegan would work for me. Um, That'd be a really smart pick, right? You know, somebody who you think at least could win. I mean, Harris English, I think, won in this range a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. So, somebody like that. Like, I'm not sure I'm burning Rom or anybody like, you know, any of those top-end golfers. You know, maybe a Tom Kim actually could make some sense here. Um, but Homa, but outside of that, I don't think I'm getting real, um, real into this. So I think I look to the tier like that starts under Hideki, and that's where I would start approaching players I want to pick. Because Spieth, I'm going to save for later in the year, and everybody above M, Burns, Hovland, like I want those guys later in the year. I'm not picking them here. Tom Kim, I get what you're saying. I'd probably save him too, but that electric ride he's on could end at any moment as well. Yeah, but yeah, I'm not – I don't think I'm – yeah, I'm not doing that. So, Skeeter? Do we have anything else for the Tournament of Champions? I do not. I am going to place some bets this evening, I assure you. But I am just uh, i am just getting, getting excited about, well, Monday Night Football, let's be quite honest. But I'm getting excited about the views of Kapalua. It is something, look, the Midwest, we had that crazy freeze recently. Oh, we don't man. have it right now. Come this weekend, who knows what the heck we'll have. But we know when the sun's down, no matter how warm, it, unseasonably warm it might have been in the Midwest, when the sun is up at Kapalua and the waves are crashing and the golf balls are flying, it's a beautiful thing to sit back and watch. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, come Saturday nights, you know, watching round three, I think that will be – and then even Sunday, you know, whatever the Sunday night football game is, you know, have this on the opposite screen. Like, it's a, you know, it's, it's always a nice contrast to see Hawaii and kind of get us back into the golf mood a little bit. So as I said, I don't think you and I are going to be playing a ton of – ton of lineups or entries into this week, but um, it'll be nice just to kind of get back into the whole um, whole scheme of things. 
Most assuredly, about 10 years ago, I think I tried to play golf at least once every month. Uh, I'm going to make that my New Year's resolution this year to at least play one round in each calendar month. Uh, my girlfriend lives right next door to a golf course, and uh, I have seen people playing there the last two days, Skeeter. So um, I may well uh, be trying to get myself back into the mode of my golf swing as well as my golf uh, betting and DFS lineups as we watch Kapalua this week. Nice. Well, that's all I got for you, my friend. You got anything else before we put a bow on episode number one of the season? I don't. I'm still trying to figure out how uh, Ches Ches. But apparently I'm having some... My, uh, my web browser is not liking um, the Sentry. Like, I, can't, I can't quite get the answer yet here because I don't know if it's my web browser or if it's the website that's uh, having some issues, but... We'll In the biz, out. Skeeter, they call this a cliffhanger. So if you want to get your answer, tune in next week when we break down the Sony Open. That's right. <laughs> well, Skeeter, um, for uh, for Skeeter Robinson, for you, for me, I'm James Adams. We have uh, started the season fresh. Good luck to everyone, and we appreciate you listening uh, as we break down the Tournament of Champions. He's Skeeter Robinson. I'm James Adams. This has been the My Fantasy Fix Fantastics Insider Golf Podcast.